Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to our show tonight. This is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And I'm your host, Doris Hansen. We're glad that you have joined us, uh, part of your Thursday night tonight, and with our co-host, Earl Erskine, who is with us again tonight. Thank Thank you, you. Earl, for being here. And we are going to address tonight's show many allegations that we receive from different viewers that... uh, what we do here on Thursday nights is against God's will and against Jesus's message of love. Is it wrong to criticize other religions? You know, we do get emails and telephone calls from people who hate what we're doing and they constantly tell us how wrong we are and how they are so sure that Jesus would never approve of our work and how we're doing it. Of course, considering our show's format, we should expect to receive those kinds of emails. However, However, most of those who object to our content really never actually study things out to see if what we're saying is true. If they did, they would know that Joseph Smith and other early Mormon polygamists are guilty of what they are accusing us of doing. Why was it okay for them to do it for their belief, but not okay for us to do it for the sake of truth? In fact, we really must be doing what we're doing because it is a battle for the truth that we are involved in, and we have a God-given responsibility to do this. Earl has a scripture from Ezekiel that will illustrate that point. Chapter 33, it says, Hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade him from his ways, that wicked man will die for his sin, and I will hold you accountable for his blood. Now, we don't want (laughs) (laughs) to be held accountable by God for not warning this culture that they are not following the biblical gospel or following the biblical Jesus Christ. And that celestial marriage, which of course is polygamy, is not a God-given practice. God tells us to do this and we are responsible to God to obey Him. And although it does hurt to receive some of the nasty emails with their personal attacks, we dare not refuse to obey God by keeping silent. On August 29th, I received just such an email from a very angry viewer. In fact, it was the morning after our August 28th show where we interviewed Lee and Kathy Baker. Now, the Bakers are former Mormons who had left Mormonism and had embraced true Christianity. One of the reasons that they left the LDS uh, was because of the history that the LDS had on polygamy. They realized that God would never be an accomplice to Joseph Smith's polygamy. Tonight, we want to read part of this viewer's email, then go through some of his points to (coughs) explain why we do what we do. So this, in part, is the email that I received. And I appreciate your honesty for sharing this, Doris. This is uh, tough. And and it'll go go on the screen so that people can read along with us. You lied. 
You said your program was about polygamy. Yes, you talked about polygamy, but so many uh, deleted expletive remarks were just plain talking about the Mormon church. It's one thing to find fault in something, but a whole other thing when you make snide remarks and laugh with that evil mockery laugh at good people. You're a beautiful woman with a heart of stone. Maybe you need to read your own Bible. Ephesians 4:29, Matthew 15:18, and Proverbs 12:18. What does President Hinckley have to do with you or the polygamous? He didn't hurt you. He hasn't got one thing to do with you, nor did he have anything to do with your family living polygamy. I never heard a Mormon condemn anyone for their belief. If you want to condemn the people who corrupted your family and your polygamous friends, then talk about those people, but your people don't believe in Gordon B. Hinckley or any of the other men who you talked about on your show today. I doubt your polygamous people read modern Mormon books or listen to their talks, so what is your purpose to condemn them? You say they are trying to be transparent, but they really aren't. How would you know what they're doing? Do you sit in their meetings? Do you climb in their hearts and see what is there? Doris, you have become obsessed with Joseph Smith to the point I worry about your sanity. You have thought about him and talked about him until he is all that is on your mind. That, that is sick. You are no better than the Christian haters and the black haters. I think you would be a happier person if you would let it go and start living your life for God. He loves everyone. He didn't spend his life preaching against the prophets who lived polygamy before him. You know, it's not just the words you say, but the tone of your voice that shows your sick obsession with Joseph Smith. You actually have an evil laugh when you talk about him. Maybe you need to build people up rather than tear them down. God loves those who love him. He doesn't want us to speak with hatred about his children, no matter what their color, religion, sex, or anything else. I just hope that someday you will see that tearing others down doesn't bring you closer to your Heavenly Father. It drives you away. Like I said, that was just part of, of what he wrote. Um, and, and, and do emails like this hurt? Well, yes, sometimes they do. Yeah, of course they do. Course That's they do. the very reason that they write them and put some of those personal attacks in them. In fact, that, uh, that just shows exactly what their purpose is. But does it change our mind and purpose in doing the show? No, because we follow God's leading, not our critics' condemnation. Well, first of all, he called me a liar. Yeah. I didn't lie. Our show is about polygamy, and that particular show was about polygamy all the way through it. But because our show is about polygamy, does not forbid us to discuss relevant and contemporary issues. We have the obligation to bring up cultural and relevant contemporary issues as it deals with the polygamy culture. Yeah. That's, our, that's what we need to do. And whether our viewer wants to admit it or not, it is the Mormon church who was at fault for bringing polygamy into this culture. And burying their heads in the sand or washing their hands of it doesn't change the facts. And why does he accuse me of anger and condemning others when his own email resorted to personal attacks? Yeah. He exhibited anger and obvious hatred and personal condemnation, accusing me of having a heart of stone, and he did the very things he accused me of doing. And that's okay? Why? They don't like the message, so they attack the messenger. messenger. 
You know, the Bible has much to say against false religion and all the false doctrine that goes with it. Our accuser charged us with wrongfully tearing others down, explaining that Jesus would never do this, so we need to stop. Well, let's see if that's true. Matthew chapter 23, Jesus <coughs> spoke to false teachers and false leaders, and here's a sample of what he called them. Very good read here. It talks about, or Jesus says, talks about blind guides, blind fools, blind men, hypocrites, blind Pharisee, full of dead men's bones and everything unclean, snakes, a brood of vipers, condemned to hell. Now that's just some of the descriptive yeah. names that yeah. he called the, the false teachers. And, and, and that was nice and loving. Do you think he said it in a dripping with love voice when he said these things? I think they understood him. <laughs> <laughs> Have we ever yet resorted to that kind of name calling on our show? Jesus did in Matthew chapter 24. If you get into that chapter, you will find where Jesus warned the people of false prophets and false Christs coming. We also warn of false prophets and false Christs and get accused of being a hater. Jesus was angry at those who had turned his temple into something it wasn't supposed to be, which this culture has done. So Jesus made a whip and he let loose his anger on them, we read in John chapter 2. Yes, and in the temple courts he found men selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple area, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers, and he overturned their tables. Now, he did that in, in, in a lot of love, I, yes, you I'm, know, in loving anger maybe, but he, that, that wasn't exactly this... No. This, this n nice, loving, all-speaking, loving Jesus. He was angry at the wrong things that people were doing. And Jesus also promised that when we follow him, people will hate us. And the writer of this email has proven Jesus' words to be true. In John 15, 18, Jesus said, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. So please don't tell us that Jesus wouldn't have come up against false teachings and false teachers because he did, and he did it with passion. And please don't tell us that Jesus wouldn't approve of what we're doing because he not only did it himself, he commanded us to go out and teach the truth and make disciples and to be on guard of those who come up against his truth. We talk about bad doctrine, but we do not accuse the people of being bad people. But the writer of this email made some very mean personal accusations against me. We never say polygamous or Mormons are not kind, hardworking, sincere, and nice people. And many of them are. I know nice, wonderful people who are Mormons, wonderful people who yeah, are in too. polygamy groups. Yeah. We love the people, but the false doctrine and the deceit of their leadership we do not love, and we will not speak well of lies and false doctrine. We're not bashing when we talk about the guidelines that God has given for acceptable worship. God rejects unacceptable worship. Just read the story of Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4. Abel worshiped God according to truth, with sacrifice and shed blood. But Cain, he brought his good works, the fruit of his labor. God rejected him. Early proof that our good works do not satisfy God. And yet we're condemned when we say that yeah. on the show. Yeah. John chapter 4, 24 <coughs> is clear. 
It is. It says God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. The in word truth. must, yeah. must worship him in spirit and in truth, proven by the Cain and Abel story. And the truth is polygamy has nothing to do with eternal life. Joseph Smith lied. And the truth is Jesus is not the brother of Lucifer. Joseph Smith lied. And the truth is eternal life is just that and nothing more. There's no eternal progression. There's no eternal marriage. There's no eternal polygamy. And all the Mormon leadership has lied about that, including Gordon Hinckley. We aim to please God, not people. Paul the Apostle put it in these words from Galatians. I like this. Chapter 1, Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. And that's just it. We yeah. have to make our choice. Are that's we going right. to please our hearers? Are we going to please God by telling the truth? If Joseph Smith had lived in the days of Deuteronomy chapter 13, especially verses 1 through 5, he would have been arrested and killed as a false prophet because he taught false doctrine and capital punishment was the penalty for teaching false doctrine. Those who know the Bible understand that God wants false religious dogma destroyed and replaced with the truth. This man criticized me for criticizing false doctrine. He angrily attacked me, accusing me of anger. He condemned me because he said I was condemning others. Why the double standard? Why did he resort to name-calling? You know, many Old Testament prophets were heavily critical of false religious activity. Jeremiah wasn't allowed to be at peace with or tolerate the false religious activity around him. Jeremiah 1, I think. Yes, it is. Root out, to pull down, and to destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. And that was God's message to Jeremiah. Yeah. And this was regarding false doctrine. He told him to tear down the false doctrine and, and replace it with the truth. And that's what we try yeah. to do in the work that we're doing. And if it keeps, what we're doing keeps one person from a polygamous marriage or brings one person out of Joseph Smith's false religion, it's worth it. When Jesus confronted the religionists of his day, he left no doubt concerning a Christ-like attitude towards falsehood. To the Sadducees, he said in Matthew 22:29, "You do err, not knowing the scriptures." And we say the same thing to this culture. Yeah, they're ignorant of the scriptures. They don't, even, no. they don't even turn to them. He, he told them they were in error and ignorant of God's word. And so we have to say to the Mormons and the polygamists today, uh, uh, to them, they, we say that and we're accused of hate speech. And, and we also wonder why this culture doesn't believe in the same Bible that Jesus believed in and quoted. It was always those religious leaders, those, the, those men who made dozens of rules and regulations and ordinances burdening the people with more religious law than they could bear. It was those people that Jesus ripped to shreds. In fact, Jesus said to them in John 8:44, he said, you are of your father, the devil. Those to whom Jesus said those words were deeply religious people, yeah, the, leaders yeah, the leaders of the people. And he said the devil was their father, not God. 
Now, for the writer of this email to accuse me of insanity <laughs> because of what he said was an obsession with Joseph Smith is only proof that he just doesn't get it. The Bible is the authority over false teachings. And rather than being obsessed with Joseph Smith, we are adamant about revealing his false teachings. And he taught much that is just plain blasphemy against God and against God's Holy Spirit of truth. And we will obey God as we are commanded to do in the following verse in Jude. Jude 3 and 4. I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. That speaks to today, doesn't it? Does. It? it speaks it to does. what we're speaking about. And that is exactly, precisely what Joseph Smith did. He changed the grace of God into a license for immorality and his 33 polygamist wives prove it. We will, therefore, contend for the true faith, as we're told to do, and we will continue to do so as long as God gives us grace to do it, despite nasty emails from our critics. Paul said in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 26, 21 through 20 and 21, I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. This is why the Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. Paul, Paul was teaching truth, he and they somebody. tried to kill him. Yes. Yeah, he got someone upset, which we do yes. from time to time. Paul publicly taught against false doctrine and was threatened with death more than once, but that didn't shut him up. Paul warned his readers to clearly identify offenders of God's truths in Romans chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. Yes, I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Now that's a warning that, that yeah. we need to watch out for. We need to make sure that we don't allow the false teachings to come in and deceive uh, people who don't understand doctrine. The New Testament publicly names those who were teaching wrong ideas. In Galatians 2.11 is an example. Yeah, and this is Paul uh, to Peter. When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Now this is the Peter, <laughs> the great apostle Peter, right. and Paul opposed him and named him in scriptures. And, and we named the name of Gordon Hinckley and it set our viewer into an enhanced stage of anger. And by the way, Hinckley did publicly lie about polygamy and about Joseph Smith's doctrine of men becoming gods. And since that deals with polygamy doctrines, we will talk about it. During an interview in 1998, which I saw with my own eyes, CNN's Larry King interviewed Gordon Hinckley about polygamy. And Hinckley said, and I quote, there are no Mormon fundamentalists, end quote. Yet, there are somewhere <laughs> between 40 and 100,000 Mormon fundamentalists, and he was a prophet and didn't know that? Did he live in a cave, or did he lie? 
Hinckley would also have known the following four things about Joseph Smith and polygamy. Polygamy is the one doctrine that dominated the final years of Joseph Smith's life. He would have known that polygamy was the reason Joseph Smith was arrested, jailed, and killed. He would have known that according to Joseph Smith, polygamy was a requirement for exaltation. And he would have also known that polygamy is what gave birth to the whole secret temple endowment ceremony. He would have known all that, but he denied it. Yeah. So when he denied the doctrine of plural marriage as introduced and practiced by his great prophet Joseph Smith, it only demonstrates that the befuddlement and the deceit begins and is sustained right at the top. That's relevant, and we have an obligation to discuss it. Also about becoming gods, Joseph Smith said, it is the first principle of the gospel to know for a certainty the character of God and to know that he was once a man like us. Now there we are, the teaching of God, man can become a God and God was, God once, was a man. once a man. But when, we, when he was asked about it, we know what Hinckley's answer was and that it wasn't truthful. Here he, here's the question he, he was asked, was God once a man? Gordon B. Hinckley said, I don't know. I don't know all the circumstance, circumstances under which that statement was made. I understand the philosophical background behind it, but I don't know a lot about it. And I don't know that others know a lot about it from the Time Magazine, 1997. Four times the prophet didn't know. <laughs> Since when does a prophet not know? He's either not a prophet or he lied or both, you know. He would have known that Brigham Young said in the Journal of Discourses, Volume 3, the Lord created you and me for the purpose of becoming gods like him. Gordon Hinckley would have known that. Yes. He would have known the quote you're going to read now from Orson Pratt as well. The gods who dwell in the heaven have been redeemed from the grave, they were once in a fallen state. They were exalted from fallen man to celestial gods to inhabit their f heaven forever and ever in the seer. Yeah, yeah. from the uh, Orson Pratt had some very interesting ideas, and Gordon Hinckley would know that. But why would he lie about his own doctrine? And he knew that historically Mormonism taught that becoming gods is the reward for living polygamy. He would know that or he was terribly ignorant of his own church doctrine. Mormon doctrine has always taught that men can become gods, which, by the way, is the very lie that the serpent suggested to Eve in the Garden of Eden. Becoming like God is the devil's lie. Why shouldn't we talk about it? Since the beginning, Mormon and polygamous leadership have lied about what they teach and what they did. We wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't call them on it. We have the obligation of informing our viewers, especially our polygamous viewers, about anything that pertains to their fundamental doctrines. Paul authorized public rebuke in 1 Timothy 5.20. Them that sin rebuke before all, that others may also f also may fear. Okay, yeah. rebuke before, before, <laughs> before the everyone. people. And John, the apostle of love, called them liars. He called them antichrists. He called them devilish, and he called them murderers in First John chapters two and chapter uh, chapters two and three. And then in Second John, uh, verses nine through eleven, look what he said about them. 
Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take him into your house or welcome him. Anyone who welcomes him shares in his wicked work. Now it says this teaching. Yeah. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, that's the Bible, yeah. this teaching, then he called it wicked works. Those are strong words against false teachers. He calls them wicked works, and that's very descriptive. We've never resorted yet to no. this kind of biblical rebuke, and yet we're told what we're doing isn't biblical. Yeah. And I was interested when I was first researching all of this and coming out of Mormonism, how, how it affected me when I read what Paul said about if another gospel is preached, mm -hmm. or uh, some of these other comments about the gospel. And I started wondering, well, what is the gospel? What is it that Paul taught and it certainly isn't Mormonism. Mm -mm. No, no, it totally is different. absolutely different. Yeah. And Jesus said that in Matthew, I think it's Matthew 24, where he says, and this gospel must be preached to all nations and then the end will come. That's this gospel. Not the gospel of Jesus not, Christ. Yeah, not the gospel 80,000 missionaries are taking around the world. Absolutely right. different gospel. And so it, that doesn't apply. And then our angry viewer <laughs> that wrote this email quoted scripture against me, and he misused it in his attempt to condemn me. But the scriptures that he used were out of context, and they don't even apply to the situation that he applied them to me. And besides that, this person has admitted more than once that he doesn't even believe in the Bible. So how can he use it? Would he be one of those hypocrites that Jesus spoke of? We are exhorted in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse, verse 12, 12. Fight the good fight of the faith. Now look at those words. <laughs> fight the good fight. fight. Yeah. And then there's a good fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good fight. We are fighting for the truth and for the faith. The faith is revealed in the Bible, not as Joseph Smith revealed. And the Bible calls it a good fight fight. Joseph Smith's gospel included polygamy, and we will refute that with every breath that God graciously gives us. The LDS gospel teaches that they are the only true church and that all others are from the devil. Yet our viewer wrote that they don't demean anyone else. <laughs> well, let's look at some quotes from Mormonism illustrating that the LDS religion has and does speak condemnation to everyone who is not of the Mormon faith. In fact, condemning every other religion is the very foundation of Mormonism. Interesting quote here from Orson Pratt. Both Catholics and Protestants are nothing less than the whore of Babylon, whom the Lord denounces by the mouth of John the Revelator as having corrupted all the earth for their fornications and wickedness. Any person who shall be so corrupt as to receive a holy ordinance of the gospel from the ministers of any of these apostate churches will be sent down to hell with them unless they repent. Now, those are strong words. Yeah, he, uh, might, he might criticize that fellow. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he might. Now, he put both Catholics and Protestants. Yeah. Uh, he included a huge chunk of people right there. And then Joseph Smith also wrote in the Pearl of Great Price, and it's also in Joseph Smith's history, yeah. the following quote. Kind of started the whole thing. Yeah. I was answered that I must join none of them, for they were all wrong. And the personage who addressed me said that all their creeds were an abomination in his sight, that those professors were all corrupt. 
So pretty uh, comprehensive. Pretty <laughs> comprehensive. Joseph Smith himself and the very foundation of Mormonism condemns and demeans all other beliefs and religions and calls them an abomination, accuses them of being corrupt and wrong and headed straight for hell. And we are accused of and condemned of the very things that they are guilty of. Condemning others' religion is the very foundation of their church. It's the content of the alleged first vision. They deny their own guilt and turn around and attack us for telling the truth. Something is dreadfully wrong. <laughs> what did you think about all this when you started Discover? Well, it's interesting. I was thinking as you were reading this last little bit here about uh, whether a baptism is, is anyone that joins... I'm sorry, anybody that uh, joins the Mormon church has to be baptized into the church. Any baptism they've had before doesn't count because it had mm -hmm. no authority to it and mm -hmm. uh, it has to be done through the Mormon yeah. Mormon priesthood. Mm -hmm. and so, uh, yeah, and that right there. Yeah. And, and yet I, I, I've talked to some of them that, that become Christians and they don't want to be, they think their baptism should be okay when they were baptized in the Mormons well, and yeah. why should they be baptized again into the Christian uh, faith? But the Mormons do that. Why is that a problem for, for <laughs> us and not for them? I don't understand the double thinking. No. At all. Well, and, and they, they just don't count, uh, you, the Mormons don't count their, their baptism. No, right, yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And another thing about that is they are baptized into the Mormon church, whereas Christians are baptized into Jesus Christ. Well, that's what's interesting, because when you're actually baptized uh, and turn your life over to Christ, that, that, that's a t different, total different relationship than being baptized into a church. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, they're serving the church and we're serving Jesus. That's right. That's the whole difference. Yeah. Well, we want to open up the telephone lines right now and receive phone calls. Our telephone number is 801-973-8820, 801-973-TV20. We'd love to hear from you. And as we're waiting for the calls to come in, we do have our message to share with you. You are watching Polygamy, What Love Is This? Broadcasting live from Salt Lake City, Utah. This program is the broadcast outreach of A Shield and Refuge Ministry. Shield and Refuge is a point of first contact for Mormon fundamentalists who question the doctrines of the religion or who are actively seeking for an opportunity to escape the polygamist lifestyle. Examining the claims of fundamentalist doctrine against the backdrop of biblical truth is central to our efforts. We invite you to contact us. Call toll-free at 877-425-9993 or email us at tv at aboutpolygamy.com. We want you to know that we have made available to you some outstanding resources free of charge. You will find them at our website, www.whatloveisthis.tv. There you will find the DVD, Lifting the Veil of Polygamy, which documents the real-life stories told firsthand of those who were lifted out of the culture of polygamy through the power and love of Jesus Christ. Also, free of charge to you is the booklet, Is Polygamy Biblical? It explores plural marriage in the context of God's Word and answers questions like, Did God ever command polygamy? Is it part of God's plan? While you are at our website, make sure to take advantage of the archived episodes of this program, which can stream on demand directly to your computer. There are more than 100 shows to choose from. 
And if someone you know is unable to view this program via live broadcast, recommend that they visit this same website every Thursday at 8 p.m. Mountain Time to watch this show through live streaming video. Simply follow the links to the live streaming video page. If you are watching live tonight, we invite you to call us as we open our phone lines. The number is 801-973-TV20. That's 801-973-8820. Now, back to Polygamy, What Love Is This? with our host, Doris Hansen. Welcome back to our show. This is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And I am your host, Doris Hansen. And with our co-host, Earl Erskine, we've been discussing the biblical mandate for our show's format. And, of course, we used a very angry viewer's condemning email as a launching point for our response. Now, we read the email that we received from him at the beginning of the show and 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 where where he contends against us for contending for our faith he took sharp exception to the content of our shows and by our focus especially on joseph smith and just so that he and others who are watching the show will know and understand we also want to read two other emails that we received from the same show, a response from exactly the same show that he wrote that angry email to, and it was the show with the interview of Lee and Kathy Baker. So we'd like to see the exception that took place that night in people's minds. So the first email reads well, like this. I'm glad we're able to share these. I've been watching your show for years now, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Your words have brought me out of Mormonism and into my lifelong journey with Jesus, my Lord, my God. Although it's been a very hard road out, I've also lost lots of friends, but I've gained the most important friendship I'll ever need, and my salvation by His grace. Wow, it's an amazing ride. Thank you again. Keep up the good work you're doing. So we must be... I'm sorry. So, no, that's okay. <laughs> Obviously, people, uh, we're helping people discover the truth yeah. by what we're doing. And maybe that's one reason why our viewer got so angry, because maybe I there's maybe just a so. little bit of something in there he recognizes as truth and doesn't want yeah. to admit it to himself. So we're going to now read the second email from the same show. I'm watching your show with the Bakers, and I'm in awe at how much I have in common with this couple, with questions and feelings toward Joseph Smith and the deception. I've been treated the same way by my leaders with my questions. I'm ready to leave the mainstream church. I am just not sure how to do it because of the social ramifications and business fallout. I feel trapped. I would love to get in contact with the Bakers. It would be nice to talk to someone who has gone through this. Thank you so much for doing your show. I have learned so much from you and your show. Thank you, A.D. And we did, of course, I did refer them to Lee and Kathy Baker, and they have, of course, been helping uh, this person adjust to uh, life outside of the Mormon curtain. Now, we are sorry that the man that wrote this email is not allowing God's truths to touch his own heart. And so I'm asking tonight that all the Christians who are watching the show, if you would just take a moment to pray for this man, and uh, uh, Christians everywhere, whenever he, God may bring him to your mind, would you pray that he maybe would even have a personal Damascus Road experience and, and, and that God would really get a hold of his heart. The phones are open, yeah. and we have some callers. Yeah, and just, just before, I, I just want to say that I'm also getting uh, lots of 
uh, emails and other contacts with people who are starting to see things and asking for help. Where do I go next? Yeah. What do I do? And and so it's been really gratifying to see that people are beginning to study, mm -hmm. to think a little on their own, and to come to some conclusions and not be just led kind of by their nose through this Mormon yeah. pro process, uh, realizing that there is a whole other story and we're just not told those stories in Mormonism. That's right. And I'm sure the polygamists are the same way. Well, they, it's a harder box to get yeah, out of, but I'm definitely sure. uh, definitely there are, and especially with the youth, I think they're, they're starting to question more. Yeah. Um, and again, it's a harder one to get out of, but that's what we want you to do is just check it out. Just be honest enough with yourself. It's your eternity. It is not our eternity. <laughs> no. It's yours. And we really would like you to, to find out the truth about eternity, the truth about heaven is not the, the Mormon idea of heaven and it's not the Mormon idea of eternity at all those mm. are myths uh, they were made up by Joseph Smith and some of his the other people around him but they're not biblical at all so we do have some uh, telephone calls here so let's start with line one Cheryl calling from Eden hello Cheryl Cheryl hello. yes you're on the air Cheryl hi um, this is Cheryl Sowers I and a, I was baptized a Mormon at age eight, and I got married in the temple. And um, I just want to make a comment, a question to the person that uh, wrote that nasty email to Doris, and ask him um, why he's so interested in watching your show. Um, the Mormon Church teaches their members not to listen to anything that's not church-sanctioned. That's my question. Um, I need to tell him to read uh, Lee Baker's book and um, look into the views of the Hebrews. That is where Joseph Smith got uh, the story for the Book of Mormon. I've done some research. Doris is the one that has brought me out of um, Mormonism. I'm so grateful to her. and. Um, that's all I have to say. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Thank you for you. your call. Bye. I hope she realized she was talking to Doris Hanson. I don't <laughs> Maybe, know. I don't know either, but she she said she was speaking to the writer of that yeah, email. And, yeah, and so true. we would just say amen to that. Just uh, do your own research. Read Lee and Kathy Baker's book and find out what their experiences were rather than just writing it off as as, as something done in anger when it absolutely was not. We're just bringing out the truth to this culture and you're going to be held responsible for what you do with the truth. Jesus said that himself. I was going to say that we were talking about this a little earlier <clears throat> when I was first coming out your show was one of those things that I felt comfortable looking at because it wasn't threatening anything because after all I believed in polygamy I wasn't practicing it now but I believed in the concept of polygamy and that I, f I felt like I was probably going to live that in heaven and so I uh, it was easier for me to watch you and to, to, to learn. But then I started learning these other things about grace and that I could trust the Bible and you really, uh, you really started teaching me. So. Well, it's interesting that you say that you didn't feel threatened uh, by watching this show. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, because obviously the writer of that email, something threatened him to make him that angry. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's nice to hear. Um, 
Okay, let's do some more phone calls here. We've got on line two, Les is calling from Orem. Hello, Les. Hi, Doris. Hello. You're hey, first of all, first of all, I would like to say, you go, girl. <laughs> as long as God <laughs> lets me, I will. <laughs> and Bishop Erskine, um, all I can say is I appreciate both of you so much. Thanks, it man. is because of you and your knowledge of the Bible that the last seven or eight months uh, of my life, the scales have fallen from my eyes. Praise God. And now, that I, now I can see. Praise the that's, Lord. That's wonderful, Les. That's great. And wow. the, uh, the Bible is all that and a bag of chips. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it amazing what you've learned in the last few months? It is amazing. How long were you in there? And I still uh, seek out the scriptures in the Bible, and there's no question in my mind that Jesus is the Christ, How? and He is our God, and He has blessed me through my life so many times, and He continues to do so. And I'm so thankful that I was able to uh, listen to your program and come to that conclusion. Now, as to your emailer, um, I would ask that he get down on his hands and knees and he pray and ask for the Lord to enlighten him. And regardless of where it leads him, he needs to be honest enough to say, no matter what, I want the truth. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly correct. Yeah. And you've got to take a look at the fact that the Bible is, I don't know how many years old, well over 2,000 years old. And for some book to come out that has been just a little over 100 years, well. have someone as arrogant as Joseph Smith was and Brigham Young, well. uh, it's... <laughs> the the fact is exactly. the the fact is that the Book of Mormon has been proven to be a fraud. It's already been proven. That's not even a question anymore. It's it's the the proof is out. The proof is there. It's no, a fraud. There isn't. Well, the proof the proof comes from the the church documentations themselves. Exactly, and from from exterior and interior evidence. That is that's correct. Mm -hmm. but, but everything that we need comes from the Bible. That is all we That's need. That's all we need. Because Jesus has promised us That's right. that if we do the things that he asks us to do, there are no works involved. You try to live the Ten Commandments to the best of your ability and love one another and that's what it's all about. It is, and thanks for calling. We appreciate your, your remarks. Thank you. God, God bless you, Les. That's awesome. Bye. Okay, we have Herman calling from Provo on line three. Hello, Herman. Boys, how are you doing tonight? Very good, thank you. How are you? you for doing such a good job. Thank you. Doing an excellent job. Thank you. I just I can't wait till the Thursday night comes and you tell him the truth, Dorothy. But <laughs> tonight, you. I just want to tell you that I was a missionary in 1958-59, and we went out into the world. I was over in Swiss Austrian Mission, and we are told 
that the Catholic Church, Luther Church, and all these other in the continent, they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, we, the LDS Church, they're saying that we batch the LDS, we batch them. We're doing the, we've done the same thing on my mission. Mm-hmm. I've had missionaries come to my door and bash every other religion but the Mormon Church. That's happened That's to right. me, absolutely. And all the polygamous Hink- groups do it as oh, well. And Hinckley said, we don't believe on judicial Christ. So what kind of Christ do they believe in? That's right. There, there he is admitting that. And that's something, a point that needs to be made. Jesus Christ is not our brother. He's our God. Exactly right. Yeah. He is our God, not our brother. Mm-hmm. And Lucifer is not our brother. Right. Absolutely right. And, the, and the, church, the, the whole world needs to know that the LDS Church are not the true church. <laughs> are not the true church, right? Well, but thanks for calling. Thank you, Herman. Appreciate your comments. Thank you, Dorothy. I, I sure, I like I said, I can't wait till Thursday night when you come on the air. Okay. Oh, Thank you. A perfect job. Thank you. That's <laughs> the good work. We'll try. Thank you, Doris. Mm-hmm. The truth. The <laughs> truth night. is, my name is Doris, <laughs> not Dorothy. <laughs> but that's okay. Okay. We have on line one Pauline calling from West Valley City. Hello, Pauline. Hi. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm calling about something that happened to my handicapped son through the Mormon church. I'm not Mormon, but I had some condominiums. I had them come to me and ask if they could use my club room for the uh, monthly uh, meetings, and I said, sure, go ahead. Well, my son decided he's handicapped and he's a little bit deaf, wanted to be baptized in the Mormon church. And I talked to him for, for quite a while and he assured me that that's what he wanted. So I talked to the gentleman about it and I said, now he can't understand everything you say. You might have to repeat it several times. And he said to me, if I don't understand him, he says I can't baptize him into the church. And I said, what did you say? And he told me again, and I said, well, you can't use my clubhouse again. And you're supposed to show love and, and that to all people, not just who you choose. And this here is really, from that day on, I just, I'm sorry. I just can't take it from, with them. Uh, to turn on somebody that's handicapped and can't hear, they can't be baptized. Well, that may have been, a, well, not may have been, it definitely is a blessing in disguise, actually, that he wasn't uh-huh. baptized into the church. Well, he, my son turned around and he says, Mom, never mind, I've changed my mind. Mm-hmm. But he, you know, that, that really hurt him bad. He'd been through a lot, mm-hmm. and he, he'd help anybody do anything. That's another thing. And we were letting him use our clubhouse, even though we weren't Mormon. I wasn't, you, you know, I don't mind if use it meant to say that to him it hurt me very bad it hurt him too and you're supposed to show love and that to your fellow man it's not there well, Pauline, we thank you for your comments. Um, Do you have anything you want I, to say to that? That's just hard to. Uh, it's hard to know all the circumstances with that. Yeah. There are there are some rules about baptizing those that don't understand what they're getting into, and so I, I don't know if, if your son falls yeah, in that I category. I'm a little bit upset over that letter tonight. Not that ten dollars it was wrote by a Mormon person. I'm yeah. sorry, Gorf, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, but that's. They're, they're right to say what they want, but yes, they are for your show. Yes, they are, and it makes for a good show too, and gives us opportunity yes. to answer uh, the charges. <laughs> so thanks for calling, Pauline. Okay, thanks. Uh-huh. Good night. Okay, another call here. We have on line two, Joe from Salt Lake City. Hello, Joe. Hi, 
evening, Doris and Earl. Hi. Um, just very quickly, when you gave that quote earlier from Orson Pratt from the Seer, I could just envision in my mind what some Mormons were thinking. They were thinking that was his opinion about uh, Protestant churches and, and the Catholic Church. But the reality is the Seer and 1953, when it started, was exactly on the same level as the enzyme is today in the Mormon Church. Matter of fact, Brigham Young set it up uh, so they could illustrate the principles and doctrines of the Church. And on the very first page of the first seer, it said the pages of the seer will be mostly occupied with original material elucidating the doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mm -hmm. We we promise you a true and faithful description of all the principal features characterizing this great and last, quote, dispensation of the fullness of time. And I just want to make sure that your Mormon listeners knew it just wasn't somebody's opinion. That was on the same level as the enzyme yesterday back Mm -hmm. then in I. And that's a good point, Joe. Thanks for calling and bringing that up. But also in the Doctrine and Covenants, and I don't know which section it is, but in the Doctrine and Covenants, Joseph Smith has written that Orson Pratt has been appointed as a prophet and a seer. Okay, so that's in the Doctrine and Covenants as well. So if Orson Pratt has been designated by Joseph Smith as a prophet, and then what you just read and, and made mention of the, of the seer, that establishes him as being official. Yeah. Absolutely, and I just want to make sure your listeners knew that, that it wasn't just Horson Pratt's opinion. Yeah, right. That was the official mouthpiece of the church this mm-hmm. year, back in those days, those mm-hmm. years. And thank you. Thanks for calling. Did you have something? Well, just, just because it's just interesting how the LDS uh, view their current prophets, apostles, seers, you know, prophets, mm-hmm. seers, and revelators, and their apostles and prophets. And those people at the time, Orson Pratt was as equal as a prophet, seer, and revelator. And yet, Bruce R. McConkie was a prophet, seer, and revelator. And now some of his writings are a little questioned. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just interesting how we'll kind of throw people to the side, throw them to the... Throw them under the bus. Yeah, throw yeah. them under the bus if, if they're just not... And, and how things change. That, that's the whole point. God yeah. doesn't change. No. Why does why does everything with Mormonism change? Yeah, and that's it, why Mormon fundamentalists are Mormon fundamentalists. That's exactly right. Because they don't change. Yeah, and even Brigham Young and his Adam God and all the other different things that have kind of come up over the years, this changing constant so now we're listening to people who probably 10, 30, 40, 50 years from now will view what they say differently mm-hmm. because sure. the church changes mm-hmm. and has to, to become more acceptable or something. Uh, I don't know. It's just interesting. And, and, and in, we don't see <coughs> that as Mormons. We sit yeah, there as yeah. Mormons day, week after week. You don't see. Well, and they make the change to subtly, that. too. They yeah. don't do them overnight. They make yeah. them so subtly that when the kids grow up, they grow up. It's like Mormons and never even wanted to be called Christians, ever. Oh, right. I remember those days when they oh, did. And all of too. a sudden, they decided they were. And now, yeah. people growing up in the church can't conceive anything else because that's yeah. what they've learned oh, since we're, childhood. We're Christian, yeah. Right. Yeah. And yet they never wanted to be Christian. related yeah. uh, to yeah. the, the Christian. Okay, mm-hmm. we have on line three calling Mary from West Jordan. Hello, Mary. Yes. You're on the air. Uh, 
I just was wondering throughout this program, since you talk about um, your what you are doing to help transition people from polygamy. How many people have you helped transition from polygamy? Mary, I can't tell you how many people I've helped trans uh, helped get out of polygamy and helped to um, transition out. Even if I had the number right here on the tip of my tongue, I wouldn't say because that's confidential information. But believe me, we're in contact with polygamists who want to get out or who are asking questions, who are doubting. Uh, on a constant level, we are. That is what we do with our show because this show gets them to begin to question. And their prophet is Joseph Smith, just like the Mormon's prophet is Joseph Smith. So when we talk about Joseph Smith and early Mormon doctrine, we're talking to the polygamists. And if Mormons want to tune in and listen, fine. If they don't, you've got an off button. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yes, and I'd like to comment on, on the email that the person sent. Uh-huh. I just had to almost laugh because it was almost verbatim uh, letters that I had written to you. Oh, <laughs> really? He's got it just right. Uh -huh. You people are the false prophets. Really? Yes. And and where are you basing that from? What Bible verse are you basing that on? What have we ever taught no, on this show that's not verse, biblical? It's just the fact that you are so adamant about, you know, about false prophets. Bashing the Mormon church that you just can't. What have we said that's not true, Mary? Tell me one thing we've said that's not true. You take all the... Tell me one thing we've said that isn't out of, true. Out of context. Not out of context. We tell you where it's at. You can check it out. Tell me one thing I've said that's not true. Well, I'm not really sure because you've... You know, then you why did you make that charge? Why did you shut you your lackey there? Mary, jumping <laughs> to your command. Okay. Good night, Mary. Okay. <clears throat> uh, lackey. Um. <laughs> I feel. I feel. I feel for her. I. I just do. I. She hasn't studied, and if she would. Yeah. She would realize that that, uh, and, and that there there isn't is. anything that we've said that no. that's non-biblical. Everything's and been quoted in context, and it just needs to be researched. She would learn. If she would look. If she would look, yeah. right. And uh, and we realize there's a lot of fear in people even thinking it's about looking, thinking absolutely of, uh, horrific. Uh, it is bad. It's it's hard. It's and it's tough. a tough journey, just like the email that we read. You know, yeah. it's a tough journey, but it's worth every single hurtful part that you yeah. have to go through to do it. Uh, the truth is worth having, and your eternity is dependent upon yeah. what you do with the truth. Um, it's important. I'm sorry, Mary, that you disagree with us so much, but maybe since you're still watching the show, maybe somehow God will get the truth into your heart and mind, and we pray that that will happen, just like we pray for the writer of the email, that God will grab a hold of his heart, too, someday, and he'll know the truth. It'll take a while, perhaps, but perhaps. God, if, if they pray to God and ask for truth, they'll... Yeah. Well, thanks for, for for being here. You're not my lackey, but I do appreciate your being our co-host. And uh, we'll be back next week. You know, we are accused of bashing and showing unbiblical intolerance. Uh, intolerance is a word of condemnation these days. You would almost think that intolerance was the unpardonable sin. Yet some tolerance experts can be amazingly intolerant of those they don't think are being tolerant. 
But what was the New Testament church and the New Testament Christians like? Well, they were unpopular, sensational, and intolerant. They were not polygamous, and they were not Mormons either. They had pure Christian beliefs which were far removed from any doctrine that Joseph Smith supposedly restored. They were believers in Jesus Christ alone as Lord and Savior. They did not believe that he was the brother of Lucifer. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They lived a supernatural, victorious life over sin and temptation. Not perfect, but victorious. They were constant witnesses to everybody else of truth and error with boldness and without compromise. They didn't back away from telling the truth. Jesus said the way to salvation is narrow, not wide, not tolerant, not accepting of everyone else, but narrow and exclusive. That's what Jesus said. He also would have been considered intolerant. Jesus said, no man comes to the Father but through me. That is intolerant of everything else. It's exclusive of anyone else and allows for no compromise. After all, it was Jesus who died and rose again. No one else has ever done that and no one else ever will. Intolerant of false religion? Yes. But we do this because we love those in false religion and we want to see them in heaven. Thanks for watching and good night. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy What Love Is This? This program is a production of the Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.